This podcast is brought to you by FormKeep. Form endpoints for designers and developers. No iframes, JavaScript embeds, or CSS overrides. Try out our sandbox mode before you buy at formkeep.com. Hey, what's up? Hey, how much? I think I just kind of almost learned how this thing works. Oh, sweet. I get your waves. I see some my waves. So I'm like 80% sure we're actually recording a podcast right now. Excellent. So it's about as good as you can hope for, I guess. It's pretty intuitive, right? I mean, it only took 85 weeks to really get it down to 80% confidence. Right. Hey, everybody. This is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Gordon in Boston. And this is Build Phase. What's happening? How you been? Mm, long, long weekend. Yeah. What'd you do? Memorial Day weekend? Well, I had a date. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. It's the first time in a long time. I went running yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right and early. How far? Well, it was on a track, and I was mixing up like laps and sprints. So mm-hmm. how far I actually went, I don't know, because I don't own an Apple Watch. <laughs> So how, sure. how, how could I possibly know how <laughs> yeah. far I went? Yeah. yeah. There's literally no way. Well, like we haven't gotten there with science to know how far you ran without an Apple Watch yet. It's just right. not possible. No. We'll get there. Yeah. So, you know, technology advances every day. <laughs> every day. You? What's up? Barbecues. I went to three of them this weekend. That's a solid MD dubs. Not, not bad. See, I went to one, and like two of them were just kind of spontaneous. Like I went to one on Friday night. No, Saturday night. I went to one that was just like one of my wife's friends, and she invited us like two hours before we were supposed to be there. It's like, yeah, sure. And then my cousin is moving to Austin, so we went to her going away party. Some more barbecue there. And then at that barbecue my wife was like yeah and we have another barbecue tomorrow i was like we do whose barbecue we have tomorrow she's like ours i was like what (laughs) it's like we're throwing a barbecue tomorrow she's like yeah so i have to cook a bunch of shit yeah awesome so i have to drink a lot of beer and hang out except that it was this was on sunday night that i found out so monday all the liquor stores were closed Oh, right, because we live in this Puritan state where you can only buy beer at liquor stores. So all the liquor stores were closed, and uh, so I didn't have any beer at all. <laughs> so And I lucked out, and I like was able to buy hamburger meat and chicken and buns and stuff like that. Do you have to get that at a, at a designated store, too? Yeah, the hamburger meat store. Like hamburger the, meat store and the bun and store. The bun store. Right, and they're yeah. all strictly and the regulated. Chicken store, yep. Right. And they're like, thanks a lot, Puritans. Right, like closed on Sundays. It's like a big thing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it worked out okay. Worked out okay. I made some pretty good burgers, pretty good chicken. Ate a bunch. I did have liquor, so there was that. Oh right. Mm-hmm. How much notice would you need to brew your own beer? Five weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that yeah, takes that's some a, planning. That's a lot more than I was given. Yeah, it's not you bad. Can, you can just do a do a ninety minute right there in your kitchen. No, I don't. I don't think that's what that ninety minute. That's what it means to me. <laughs> that it took ninety minutes to make. Yeah, it's like no bake cake. 
like the microwave you put yeah. a bunch of crap in a mug and then throw it in the microwave right, right, right. Have, yeah yeah cake. exactly right 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 yeah <laughs> so it's just like water hops a little bit of crisco some of that angel food cake mix right so you throw that in there and you yeah. have beer yeah that'd be nice i don't think it would taste very good but yet another goal for probably, science probably get you drunk so one way or another <laughs> yeah but yeah I think we're actually going to be doing a bunch of these barbecues because we're actually we announced it um, to the company, so I can talk about it here. But we're um, I'm moving to Austin, which is going to be awesome. So I'm moving to Austin in uh, technically in February. I'm going to be actually pulling into Austin, but we're at, my wife and I are doing this like five month long road trip beforehand where we're going to spend a month in different cities that have thought bot offices. So we're going to go Raleigh, Chicago, Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, Denver, and then Austin. It's going to be awesome. Really can looking you get, forward to this. Can you do me a favor? Can mm-hmm. you get one of those sticker decal maps of the United States <laughs> on your window, and then as you travel through states, you like fill it in? No. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> well, you could do it. I, mean, you I could. I choose won't, not to. I won't do it. <laughs> All right. But I mean, I guess if you don't like fun, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. I am bummed that it's going to basically happen after baseball season is over because mm. we're going to get into well, we're going to be in Chicago in October, but I don't think that the White Sox or the Cubs are going to be <laughs> playing baseball at that point. Um, <laughs> and then Raleigh, there's like no baseball team in North Carolina at all, right? Like, mm. no, nope. <laughs> So, I think, your, I think your closest bet there would be, uh, I don't know, Braves in Atlanta. Yeah, or maybe. Depends on how far into Florida you want to go. Right. right. Maybe see the Rays. Yeah. Eh. I'm okay. <laughs> I don't need to see either of those teams. I'm all right. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about all this. So, this is all happening pretty quick. We're leaving in um, at the end of August for that. You could stop in Richmond, Virginia and see the Giants AA affiliate, the Flying Squirrels. Mm. You're double A's all the way over in Richmond? I have no idea what why. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, what have you been doing code-wise? Swift, where I can. Mm-hmm. New classes mm-hmm. in Swift, which is a little annoying. Because you're... you're interrupt. You, yeah, because you're usually trying to implement something and then you have to, well, use classes where you don't necessarily want to use classes. Yeah. And you would normally use structs, but because you have to interop with Objective-C, you know, and then maybe that thing has a delegate, so that thing has to be an Objective-C annotated protocol, yep. and then maybe that thing returns some type that's like an enum, so then you have to make that type like Objective-C and actually have a raw value type of like mm-hmm. int. Mm-hmm. Gets a little annoying, because you walk the fine line of like, okay, I'm adding this class, but it touches this stuff, so how far do I want to go through rewriting right. things in Swift right. to make them right? But I don't necessarily want to keep adding all of these classes that are kind of semantically wrong, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, these objects should be value types and not reference types, but I'm forced to make them reference types because Objective-C needs them to be. Well, it's not even, it's not even Objective-C necessarily. It's just some basic patterns that we deal with. Like, I think it, it's amplified by Objective-C interop because all of a sudden you're dealing with Objective-C all the time. But, like, we have a project where I was working with a guy, uh, one of our developers in New York, and, you know, just implementing a normal delegate protocol. But 
you're going to get a retain cycle if that delegate isn't we- weekly held. And to make it a weak reference, you have to make it an Objective-C so you get through that same viral thing. So like it's a weak reference. We want it to be known by the protocol, not by the class. So now the, the protocol has to be Objective-C. And now the classes implementing the protocol have to be Objective-C. And now all those types like – and then it just trickles down that way where it's like – this can't be objective C because this other thing is an objective C can't mm-hmm. be represented in objective C and just like spirals out of control that way. And then yep. even once he got it set up, you still getting weird, uh, EXE bad access crashes. Um, I couldn't really track it down, but it seems like arc was just nailing out properties, but not almost like it wasn't telling like, like, it was nilling out properties, and so we were getting exe bad accesses when he was trying to access that memory. Even though, like, it seems like there was a miscommunication between like the arc and the runtime or something. You know what I mean? Because there, it was optional, so it shouldn't have crashed. Hmm. You know, it should have just yeah. been treated as an optional. But it was crashing because it was like Swift, like the runtime thought that it was there, but then when it went to get it, it wasn't there. Weird, right? Yeah. So yeah. uh, I don't even think we resolved that, but it was just like, well, <laughs> have fun looking. That kind of stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. I I hit some issues last at the end of last week where I did something in Swift code that the Xcode analyzer, like the source code analyzer, thought was perfectly fine. It wasn't reporting errors or warnings or anything, um, but it would fail to build mm-hmm. because it, Swift C would hit this one file and choke, mm-hmm. and then because of that, you know, the top level target dash Swift header mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't be built because like the whole compilation process right. failed. So right. then other code that was trying to import it was like, hey, this header's missing. Right. But the only errors I'm seeing in Xcode are this header is missing. Right. Yeah. And I'm going, why? <laughs> um, so like digging, actually digging into the logs, I could see that like Swift C is falling down on this one particular file. Luckily, it was pretty small, but I had to go through and be like, okay, this is kind of questionable right here. I'm going to comment this out, mm-hmm. which, of course, means like I have to comment a bunch of st- other stuff out just to get it to compile mm-hmm. and see, and then try to like whittle it down and figure out what it was. Eventually, I narrowed it down to functions that take more than one argument. You can't really pass um, the result of a class method in there without, the, without explicitly declaring the, the class. Mm-hmm. And... Like type inference was just falling over. Hmm. So in this case, I had an extension on UI image that's just like image with color, right? And I'm using this to set a background image for state on a UI button and like a highlighted background image for state. Yeah. So the, the you know the call looked like set background image, and the mm-hmm. background image would be like dot color with image, you know, because yep. it, it should be able to infer UI image there. Yep. And then inside of and then the argument to that instead of passing you know you know UI color dot something in our category, I was just doing dot, you know, blue color, or like app blue color. Right, right. Just adding the UI image in there or the UI color, it was fine. But it, it like couldn't handle like two of those and like unpacking them all the way out. Yeah. Which, it's, which is fine. It would just be great if Xcode was like, hey, this looks weird. Yeah. Even if the error makes no sense. Right, right. Anyway. Yeah, some of that kind of stuff can be frustrating. I don't know. <laughs> it's just frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to dub dub. Yeah, I wonder what someone was asking me about what 
I think they're going to talk about it related to Swift at Dub Dub. And I'm not sure. Like, I feel like I'm going to be honestly, like, kind of angry if they make some big sweeping announcement about Swift. Like, here's what Swift 1.3 looks like and unveil a whole new thing. You know what I mean? Because I, I mm-hmm. really don't want Swift tied to those release cycles. Yeah. You, so you're afraid of like every year there's going to be a new major version of Swift. Well, it would be twice a year, right? Like like they've already done 1.2 and 1.2 wasn't source compatible with 1.1. Doing another breaking source breaking change next month would be really annoying, I think. Yeah. I'd be okay with it. You know, because they warned us that they were going to make source breaking changes. But if they said this is the last one, you know. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm more. It's it's not even them the making breaking changes. I just don't. I don't know. If they make a Swift announcement at, at WWC, all I want them to make is that you know, fine. Here's Swift 1.3 source breaking changes, whatever. Also, we're open sourcing this. We're going to be more transparent. You're going to be able to see these things coming down the pike. I, I think that my my big problem is having these breaking changes come out of the blue and all of a sudden it's like well now i gotta spend some time and update my source code so the builds plus dealing honestly dealing with the 1.1 1.2 compatibility stuff as a library maintainer as an application developer it's one thing right where you just say okay today we are updating to swift 1.2 and you go through and you update all your code but as a library maintainer for like argo and runes even where runes was largely almost entirely source compatible between 1.1 and 1.2, it became not source compatible once we started removing like flat map, our own flat map implementation. But as a, so as a library maintainer, trying to make, trying to maintain a library that was compatible with 1.1 and 1.2 was really kind of frustrating because we were getting bug reports constantly that it wasn't compiling. And we'd constantly have to say, what version of Xcode are you using? And then it was almost always, yes, you're using the wrong version of Runes or Argo with the wrong version of Xcode. And, you know, we put disclaimers in the readme. We did all this stuff. Um, nobody reads that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it just was breaking for people. And it was kind of frustrating to deal with that for as long as we had to deal with that. And I was really happy when we were finally able to be like, cool. All that 1.1 stuff is actually dead now. We're not going to worry about it. Everyone's going to update to 1.2 now, soon, you know. Yep. So the nice thing is I guess Xcode forces people along that branch, whereas like Ruby developers don't have that same thing, right? There's nothing preventing someone from still running Ruby 187. Yep. And that gets to the core of the problem, right, is that the Swift compiler needs to ship separately from Xcode. Although because it's shipping with xcode my point is that because it's shipping with xcode it forces people to make that upgrade so like it's pushing people down the line whereas if the swift compiler shipped outside i'm kind of contradicting myself here pretty extensively but the nice thing about swift shipping with the xcode compiler is that when when they say okay here's this new version of xcode you need to use this to submit to the app store to build for whatever this new iOS version, OS 10 version, 
having that new Swift version also forced upon people means that we get faster adoption as new versions of the language emerge, as opposed to if it was shipped separately, then you'd have that choice and you'd be able to put it off and you'd be able to keep updating Xcode and maybe never, you know, it's possible that we'd still be supporting Swift 1.1. But any, any restriction Apple puts on submitting apps to the app store is just as good. You, you, you think they could put a restriction on there saying that like all apps have to be built with this version of Xcode and at least this version of Swift. Yeah, I think so. I think if if the Swift runtime came down like a simulator did in the Xcode downloads thing, mm-hmm. and then you just specified in your build settings mm-hmm. like this version, yeah, they could absolutely make those restrictions. And it could even fail any checks like right when you go to archive it and submit it to the App Store. It's just going to go, nope, this is the wrong version of Swift. You can't submit with this. Like fix it, and I feel like anybody at this point who is super excited about Swift and shipping apps in Swift is going to be paying attention to, to new compiler versions. Like right. I, I can't, I can't imagine that anyone is like a drive-by Swift developer, and there's like, oh, one point two is out. I had no idea. Like I've still just been writing with this old Xcode and trying to submit apps. Yeah, not yeah, right. If if you're using Swift and if you're really paying attention to Swift, even tangentially, like if you're just even if you're not shipping stuff with Swift and you're just kind of like learning about it and paying attention, then you're going to know that this new version came out and stuff like that. I I think that if you haven't been using, and so maybe it's not an issue. If you haven't been using it, then it's all new. And, you know, there's no difference in your mind between beta 1 and Swift 1.2, so who cares? Mm -hmm. And and you could still automatically pre-install any new version of the compiler with any new version of Xcode. So if you upgrade Xcode, you get it, right? But Mm -hmm. having the flexibility to upgrade the compiler on like an old version of Xcode would still maybe be useful for some folks. Mm-hmm. And the, other, the other thing here is that like at some point they're going to stop making like source breaking changes in minor versions of Swift, right? And yeah, so, like, I hope so this will be less of a problem. And also as a library maintainer, you know, it, it was weird for you because Argo hadn't even hit 1.0 yet. But in the future, when Swift goes from 2 to 3, you just go, okay, we're going to ship Argo 3, and right. it requires Swift 3. And it's just, it's a right. major version. It maps with Xcode, yep. just so you know. Like, and, yep. and that's a little clearer, because like, that's how people think of semantic versioning. It's like, right. major version, source changes. Cool, no problem. So right. there's just like a few weird factors happening here. Yeah. Just growing pains, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Did you want to talk a bit about Carthage? I know you had questions for me, I, that was, but that was a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you still have questions or if you still had stuff you wanted to talk about. Oh, I did, but I kind of failed to compile my thoughts on that. They're a little scattered at the moment, and I'd actually like to uh, wrap this one up because i got to get going. But sure, I sure. will compile that for next week okay. for sure. Okay. I think our next episode is scheduled like two weeks from today will be WWC week. So I think the episode might be a little late. Maybe we should record on Monday after the keynote and stuff. That's a good idea. And just get an episode out. Okay. Wednesday ish. Yeah. Probably uh, June 10th. June. Maybe we'll try to get it out faster than that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Um, so, show notes for this episode are going to be found at buildphase.fm slash 84. And as always, we'd like to hear from you. So, email us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com or reach out on Twitter at buildphase. And as always, we really appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes. Cool. All right, man. I'll talk All to right. you later. Yep, later. <laughs>